Previously, on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. If they're not playing well, then he's going to take heat. If they're playing well, then he's going to get praise. That's that's what you, uh, that's the cost of being a coach at Ohio State in the two biggest sports, revenue generating sports. You would agree though that in basketball, the depth of the Big Ten in football is not what it is in basketball. No, of course not. I mean, you got 10 teams making the NCAA. Yes. And I would also agree it's a lot easier to build a basketball program in a hurry than it is to build a football program, which takes time. Yeah, that's right. In my opinion. That's right. Nope. Yeah, it took time. Looked like it was built start the season, and it looked like it all came crashing down. Now it appears they've uh, pulled it out of the fire, Mr. Spielman, as we uh, start a Friday edition of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Buckeyes. Fresh off yet another win. Ninth in 11 games. This one against Illinois. Uh, Ohio State will not win the Big Ten championship. It appears they are uh, determined that no one else will win it either as they have imperiled Maryland's chances of winning it. Now Illinois and Sunday will shoot to uh, mess up Michigan State's senior day in East Lansing. I just, uh, I don't know. You were there. I was not. I watched it. And what was the energy in the building? It looked good. It looked like it was it. good. It was good. It's been been better, but it was still good. Very good. Yeah. I. It's a different basketball team. It's a confident team. And so the previous victory, we had Dwayne Washington and C.J. Uh, Walker. What yep. is it? C.J. Walker. C.J. Yeah. Walker take over. So this game, we had Liddell and, and Caleb Wesson. And C.J. had 15. He couldn't make right. a shot from the field, but he couldn't miss one from the line. No, and I think they only missed two foul shots the whole night, which four. certainly— I think it's 24 of 28. Yeah, four, 24 of 28, which is really beneficial, especially when you're playing a good team. But I guess my point is, so you had— C.J. Walker's been consistent, but you had Liddell not only being dominant on— getting seven what do you have 17 points but 17 and 11 boards the, the, but the defense and the effort and the hustle and a guy that played really well too and i don't know even know if he scored last night was luther muhammad one free throw but he won't i mean he will not take him out of the game because he's too valuable and he does all these little things that nobody will do in his effort on defense and setting the tone three-point shooting was awful but what that was Ooh. countered by the excellent free throw shooting yeah Caleb Wesson stepped up and played big when he needed to play. And so it's another guy. So this time, instead of when everybody goes cold, like they did during that losing streak, there's not everybody going cold. There's always a different guy stepping up. And when you play a good team like Illinois, which is a very good basketball team, uh, you have these guys playing at such a high level and with such confidence, and they're peaking at the right time, and it's fun to watch because it's a fun basketball team. And uh, you know what? One thing I'm going to say about Coach Holtman mm-hmm. is that one thing you can always control in basketball is effort, and we can say that about a lot of sports, but it's really apparent on a basketball court because it's only five guys, and it's a relatively small area, unlike a football field where you don't see everybody all the time. Mm-hmm. And a credit to him because those guys play hard, and he plays with a small bench, too. I mean, the bench is, what, six deep, seven deep? Pretty much. Arns played just about a minute. Danny Hummer started the game because it was senior night. He played yeah. four minutes, and they were four good minutes, by the way. Danny's a good player. Danny's a good he player. Was a really good uh, somebody high was telling player. me about Danny, that Danny, uh, as, a, as a young, young man, played for All-Ohio Red. Now, you only play for All-Ohio Red if you're big time. That's Jared Sullinger's uh, you know, team. And then Danny had some hip issues as a young man, and it slowed him down. But I guess he used to be a, just a whirling dervish on the court. Uh, and so I'm I'm looking last night. I, I saw last night the largest human being I've ever physically laid my eyes on. I, I saw your Twitter on that. I mean, I now look, I've been in a lot of NFL locker rooms. I've stood next to a lot of NFL and college basketball, and college basketball, and I've been around seven-footers. And, you know, I really thought in terms of just physical imposing presence, Clark Kellogg at Ohio State, and Clark was in my era, was one of the bigger men I'd ever seen. Kofi Coburn of Illinois, I walked past him in the tunnel going out to some, to my seat, and I was just like, I mean, I was physically struck by it. So as I'm walking toward Coburn, Adam Jardy is walking like about five steps in I don't front of have him. Any Adam is. is the dispatch uh, Buckeye basketball beat reporter. Okay. Is the dispatch so still in business? The dispatch is, yes. Okay. Allegedly, reportedly. All right. So Adam is... Um, He's a little taller than me, but he's he's a very uh, slender person. Okay. So Adam is walking in front of Coburn, and Adam 
is aware Coburn is behind him. So Adam is walking toward me, and Adam, like, rolls his eyes like, can you believe how big this guy is behind me? Yeah. And I know, I hope Coburn wasn't looking at me because I know I had to have some kind of a look on my face like, what? He's seven feet two ninety, and he's ripped. wide and ripped. And if Levy Smith has not at least inquired about him being a defensive end or a tight end, then fire Levy Smith. Well, I don't think a seven-footer can play football. You don't think he could play defensive end? No. That guy? No. Low man wins at football. Yeah. You can get low on <laughs> yeah, a seven-footer. No. But I'd like to see it. Anyway, I thought, all right, I've been hard on Caleb Wesson all year. Uh inconsistent he has great games like he had at Michigan then Teske comes here and you know pl- plays him much better dude from Iowa Garza just embarrassed him he's a one for nine against a two from Minnesota I was I told friends last night I said I'm giving Caleb a pass tonight because of that large human being and I'll be dogged if Caleb in foul trouble yeah didn't battle all night and end up with a much better statistical line and actually hit some big threes big, when they, yeah. I mean when they when they needed to be hit too yeah yep. I think Caleb is a is a great he's not a number one guy like he's not a go-to guy so I think he's a little hesitant about being a go-to guy early I think he's trying to get everybody involved early and if the offense runs through him you know who got everybody involved early, then he disappeared the second half, was uh, Washington. Hit a three, then takes it to the hole, and, you know, Dan he Dockage. Disappeared because E.J. Liddell was out there. Yeah, and E.J. played at a high level. But I, I'm, I guess my point is I think Caleb settles in when he doesn't feel the pressure to be the guy to carry the team. When he can be a supporting role player, then that's where I think he shines. It's not a bad thing. It's just, you know, the guy that feels comfortable in that role to me is C.J. Walker. Yeah. Because he's not afraid to get it started, you know? Does that make sense to you? Do you understand what I'm saying? I think I think you have, and I've thought this over the years, you have really insightful instincts on the, the inner... Attitude of a player or, or the mentality, not attitude, the mentality of a player. Very much so. You you were the first, uh, and you were dead on the money with LeBron. You called his El Foldo in Game Five against the Celtics two days before it happened, and everybody said I was. Everybody insane. said you were nuts. You yeah. said he doesn't want to be the reason. I'll never forget that. <laughs> boy, did he not want to be the reason. But Caleb Wesson is. If you talk to Caleb, Caleb is. Uh, he's a he's a soft spoken, great some, kid. Some guys have. Yeah, it reminds me of what Jim O'Brien used to say about Kenny Johnson. I want him to be more of an alpha. But if he were more of an alpha, he'd be a different kind of kid, and I'm not sure I want the trade. Yeah. Because Kenny was just soft-spoken and a nice kid. Caleb has – Caleb is big, and a lot of big kids, when they're big all through their life, and he was and is, are afraid they're going to hurt people or they're they're more gentle. Caleb's kind of that way. The most encouraging, almost out-of-character moment for me last night in the game was they threw it to Caleb one time, and he had Coburn on him. And I don't know what got into Caleb, but he just thought – I'm taking you to the basket. I'm going to take you to the basket. And he went to the basket, and he drew a foul on him and an and one. I'm going to tell you what I think got into him. And this is going back to Maryland. And Jeff, what's the Turgeon? What's uh, Mark Turgeon. Mark Turgeon. When Turgeon called him a bully. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you that most big kids, that's why, like, an offensive line, some of those guys are, are soft. When they, can, when they get mean or nasty, mm-hmm. then they can dominate. It's You see it all the time. So when a big guy can make the transformation from not feeling bad about being a bully to embracing the bully mentality as far as an athletic point of view mm-hmm. goes, not mm-hmm. obviously in life, but as far as an athlete, and you want to be dominant and you want to be physical and you do get challenged, and once you step up to the challenge, okay, it's like you're free. All of a sudden, he's free to be nasty and mean, and he's starting to play that way, and that's when he plays at his best. And, you know, he's got he he is playing smarter. I still think he's probably 5 to 10 pounds too light because I think he would even benefit more from good 5 more 10 pounds. But mm-hmm. I think he's moving his feet much better on defense and uh, right now than he was, and he's playing more confident. But as long as there's other guys – playing well and Dockich who 
contradicts himself quite a bit. I mean, throughout a broadcast, it's it. I like Dan. I I think he does a good job, but it seems to me like <laughs> if something he says and it turns opposite, that he says, "Well, that's what I meant." But that's beside the point. I think, I was uh, happy to be at the game last night and not have to hear the broadcast. Oh, well, he's not bad. I I like him. I mean, I learned something about basketball from him all the time. Then I watched uh, Passion Walton on Arizona State and Washington, and that was just that was like bizarre. Yeah, and yeah, I talked to Dave. I feel about so bad that. for Dave. He embraces. It. I, mean, I know he, he does. He embraces it. He's, he does he's what got he a does. Perfect attitude for it. But wow, man, working with Bill Walton must be. But yeah, but I think that's. The, I mean, so you try to figure out your basketball team, and we've watched this team all year. We've watched it play at a high level in the beginning of the year. We watched it play awful. I mean. Awful, not to the standards <laughs> at the uh, middle of the year. Now we're watching them play very well because I think they have an identity and I think they have a leader and a leader has emerged in C.J. Walker. Mm-hmm. And the thing I like about Luther Muhammad, who two weeks ago or a week ago against Maryland had a career high, but he his attitude doesn't change. He doesn't get frustrated. So everybody is settled into their roles. They understand their roles, and they accept those roles. And, and Andre Wesson, by the way, is the guy that just is there. And he's one of those guys that you look up, and I don't know how many points he had last night. but Eight points, six rebounds, three Yeah, assists. that's a guy. I yeah. mean, you might look up his eight points. If he has 14 points, it, it seems like he had eight points. You just, you know, yeah. he's consistent yeah. and reliable. And he's going to be there, and so for me, it was uh, it, it's encouraging. I, I am concerned that they don't have a lot of uh, bench help, and I think if somebody gets in foul trouble or they, or I don't know where they go. But right now, these guys seem to be thriving off playing a lot. And go back to Danny Hummer. Danny was an incredible young basketball player, and he did have the uh, two hip surgeries, I believe. And but I've known Danny since he's been five years old. I, I coached Danny in little league football. He would have been a great quarterback or a wide receiver. A great, and I always tried to convince his dad, Judge Mark Hummer, Judge Hummer, Judge Hummer, that you know, like Danny, he's got to play. He's got to play football. But Danny was all in on basketball, and I do think if he wouldn't have uh, gotten hurt and he missed his AA, he played on all Ohio Red. He missed his AAU season going into his senior year of basketball, which you know, of course, for That's guys like important. Danny, who's a you know a fringe guy. Yeah, he's a limited yeah. athletically. He's not, wise. but he's not. I mean, yeah, I didn't mean wise. athletically. I meant like uh, height. Yeah, height. Limited height wise, he's six foot. He's a legitimate six foot, yeah. but um, athletically, he was an amazing athlete. And there's a reason why he played on all Ohio red. Yep. And so it's just, uh, but it was good to see that. I was, in fact, I called Noah, my son, last night and said, Danny's starting tonight, which was really cool and it was fun. And, you know, Danny could be, could have, I think Danny could have gone to a smaller uh, D1 school and probably been a big contributor. Started out at Air Force because that was his only D1 offer because of the injury. But it's good. Everything was good. Danny could have played in a Mac for sure. I was really happy for Mark, his dad, and Janine, his mom, last night. Uh, you know, we talked about Coburn and how huge he is. Danny started the game, and I thought, well, I hope somebody gets a picture of Danny Hummer standing next to Coburn. It looked like Jose Altuve standing next to Aaron Judge. And I'll be dogged if Danny didn't take it right at him and no, score the first no. two points of the game. No, he, he Danny doesn't play scared, man. Man, that never was has. beautiful. He never has played. And you know what? He's starting. He's taking a shot. I guarantee you, That's the thing I love about him, man. He is a is a competitor, and it's just a shame that he got slowed by those hip injuries because uh, I, I thought he was special. And you're right. You don't play for all Ohio Red if you're a slack. I mean, they, mm-hmm. that's a that's a very difficult team to get on, and, and it's uh, it's good that he – how about that? Right off the get-go. Took it right at him. I hope somebody got a photo of that for Danny. So that was a really sweet moment, and uh, Buckeyes get the win. Uh, so now they go to Michigan State. It's uh, Cassius Winston's senior day. They'll hang his jersey in the rafters of that place someday. So uh, it does feel to me like this short rotation that you mentioned, and they're not going to play Kyle Young Sunday. There's no way they should play Why? Kyle Young There's Sunday. There's no point. Uh, 
they're I think it might all land on them Sunday, and that's okay. You know, they're going to finish two games over five. If they lose that game, they're going to finish two over five hundred in the Big Ten. Ideally, I'd like to see them win their opener at the Big Ten tournament. I have no idea who they play because the standings are so log jammed and the seeds are so jumbled. I'd like to see them win their first game at the Big Ten tournament, lose their second, get back here for the weekend. That's awful. And rest. That's just terrible. Uh, that's what I want. That's just terrible. That's, that's what I want. selfish. Yep. That, I, I mean, that might be the most selfish thing that you've ever said in your entire life. Oh, I can do better than that. <laughs> well, you have, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I have done better. <laughs> hey, by the way, trivia question on Judge Mark Hummer. Yes. Did you know that Judge Mark Hummer was my first sports editor? Yes, I did. You did know? Mm-hmm. Ohio State Lantern. Yeah. Before he entered an honorable profession, yes. he was a sports writer. Yes, he was. With the Columbus Citizen Journal, <laughs> and a real good one. And by the way, I can't vouch for the athleticism or lack of athleticism of Danny's mom, but I can certainly vouch for the athleticism of Judge Mark Hummer, who is a phenomenal golfer. He's played in the Ohio Amateur. Mark Hummer can rip a golf ball. Well, he was actually, uh, I think, a point guard for uh, Watterson, Bishop Watterson. There you go. Watterson's still in the girls, your friend uh, Tom Woodford? Are they still in? I got to call him. I haven't talked to him. hope they are. Hope they're still in. Hope, so, pa- hope Paige and Tom are having a great yeah, uh, finish. Yeah, he is. I, I saw him the other day, so he, he, they're doing well. Good man. Very good man. So, uh, yeah, nice. And last night, uh, Spiels, I had a moment where my brothers, I think, would have paid to experience what I experienced. Can I ask you one question before you go into that? Yeah. I, I just don't want to gloss over this selfishness of yours. Okay, no, please don't. What? <laughs> <laughs> you better have them... Throw the Big Ten tournament is what you're saying. Yes. That's unbelievable. Long-term, Spiels. I'm That's... thinking long-term. I want them rested for what? For the NCAA for tournament. For the NCAA tournament. To win a national championship? No. Yeah. Well, listen. Why don't you win the Big Ten championship? These guys are young guys. I mean, they're AAU. No. They played AAU. They played 35 games or 100 games in a weekend. Yeah. So all these guys played, all these uh, – Top five, top six guys on the team played 32 minutes or more. I can't even believe uh, last week. And now last night, you got Andre Wesson, 40, Caleb Wesson, 29, Luther Muhammad, 34, Washington, 28, Liddell, 27. Uh, where's CJ Walker? He played 36. By the way, be, so uh, we I short shrifted CJ Walker. When DJ Carton left, and remember, when DJ Carton left, he had his best game at Northwestern. Yeah. And I thought, man, you got to hand the team to DJ Carton. Well, and DJ Carton uh, needed to step away, and he did step away. And I thought at the time, well, they're hosed because I'm not even sure they're going to make the tournament because I have not seen out of CJ Walker the kind of play they're going to need at the point. Boy, sometimes you accept a role and deliver. When more is expected of you, and you get the freedom to maybe not worry about sharing time right. or whatever. That's exactly what happened. And C.J. Walker, I think, just realized, if this is going to happen, I'm going to have to make it happen. And boy, is he making been, it happen. It's fun to watch. It really is. It's it's fun to see a guy up his game and really, I think, lead this team more than anybody else. Couldn't make a shot last night. Two of like thirteen, or two well, of ten. Just, it was two the, of ten. He kept dancing. They kept dancing uh, off the rim on the drives to the basket. I mean, this, but I, I don't get discouraged about that because he's getting the ball to he's the hole. There. He's getting there. That's know. great. Yeah, and he'll those those will fall. I don't worry about those. Boy, Liddell's a Liddell's a beast. Last he night. he. Pl- I mean, it's interesting. Two time Mister Illinois in basketball. He, yeah, he he played to prove a point last night, and if he can harness. And bottle that energy and release it every time, and pretend every team's an Illinois team. Uh, that was a great, a great thing to see for not only last night and moving into the near future, <clears throat> excuse me, but moving ahead into the future uh, years to come with EJ Liddell being, a, I think, a very, very, very good college basketball player. Their two best wins, Maryland and Illinois. Their leading scorer, uh, well, I guess Caleb was the leading scorer last night, but you know, you don't figure you're going to get 22 from Luther Muhammad to beat Maryland, and you don't figure you're going to get 17 and 11 from EJ Liddell to beat Illinois. That's a team, but that's that's, that's this team. Yeah. That's what this team is. So you want to sacrifice a Big Ten championship? I do. A Big Ten tournament championship, yes. I don't want to play three and three days and it's come amazing. back and then play noon in Boise. You'd no, be thanks. fine. No, thank you. What do you think? They're 100 years old? They're 
They're 22, 21, 20, 19, 18 20. years old. So are the teams they're playing. Yeah. If they're not so playing they're as fine. many minutes, then it could come back to oh, haunt you later. That's unbelievable, yeah. man. Sorry. You're soft. Seen it happen before. Yeah, you're soft. Everybody's soft. <laughs> it's like pitchers. When you play uh, three football games like in pitchers. three days, come back and talk to me. Okay? Yeah, because football and basketball are comparable. <laughs> Played two football games in five days. Did you? Well, Sunday to Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. That's Line right. up and play. That's right. Fine. It's going to be okay. You can you can run up and down a court for two hours. You'll be fine. S- email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. That's some... Uh, Whose side are you on yeah. in this tanking Big Ten tournament argument? Win one and lose and go home and rest? Or win all three and then you're still fine physically for the NCAA tournament on a Thursday? Spielman Hooley podcast at gmail.com. I can't believe you're. You really Land. are. Do you really mean that? I absolutely thousand percent mean that. A thousand percent. I'm trying to give you a chance to recant. You know, this would be a good time to transition into the 1960 uh, national championship team because you asked me the other day if I'd get Bob Knight's autograph. Did you get it for me? I did not rub shoulders with <laughs> Coach Knight last night. He was not in the pregame press conference. Oh, he wasn't? He hated the Big Ten tournament. So your guy is on my side of this, that the Big Ten tournament serves no purpose. That's because, you know, you guys lived back in the 30s and 40s and 60s. My brothers would have paid to sit in the front row last night and listen to Dick Furry, Joe Roberts, Jerry Lucas, and Mel Knoll talk about basketball in 1960 and talk about their closeness and their lives and about the game today and what they see today. And they they were very insightful on this current Ohio State team. Jerry Lucas is a guy that I just marvel at his numbers. He played long before I remember and don't right. remember watching. But I can look and see that a guy who in his first college game had 16 points and 28 rebounds and three times in his career had 30 rebounds against UCLA, Kentucky, and Indiana. He didn't have it against Northeast Louisiana, right. St. Louis, and you know, Bowling Green, he had 30 rebounds against Kentucky, Indiana, and UCLA. Who was the coach? Was Fred Taylor Fred the coach Taylor. of that team? Fred Taylor. Okay. I think 30-year-old Fred Taylor. Uh, so that was just cool. Was Knight a good player? Knight was a backup on the team. It's been said he was the sixth man. I don't believe he was the sixth man. But how about this? Here's the resume of the 1960 team. Four guys... I'm going to count Coach Fred Taylor as part of the team, okay? Mm-hmm. Four Naismith Basketball Hall of Famers. Pretty good. Fred Taylor, John Havlicek, Jerry Lucas, Bob Knight. Every member of the team got their degree. Six NBA draft picks. Larry Siegfried uh, was a phenomenal player. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, and, you know, Lucas – is one of the top Lucas and Havlicek are among the top so, fifty players. Were honored so, as among the top fifty so, uh, players in NBA history. Big league move by Gene Smith in Ohio State to bring those guys back. It's the, really cool. The only way they could have done it better is, of course, yes, because this this would be better when they play their throwback game at St. John Arena. Is to honor the team then oh, to wait. play? Eh, wait a minute, play Cal the team they defeated in the 1960 National Championship game, and wear throwback uniforms, both teams from 1960. Now, what would be wrong with that? Well, first of all, they'd have to sit in those hard wooden seats at St. John Arena. And, you know, That's they're right. in their there 80s. No, there are no suites there. That's true. You know, let's put these guys in suites. Can I, can I tell you what thought occurred? Or to your me? cushy press conference or your press seating that's very cushy (laughs) which is fine it doesn't need to be cushy can i tell you what occurred to me last night as these guys were uh in the building i wondered what do they think of the game ops at ohio state the pulsating throbbing rap music and the screaming public address announcer and the every timeout Duchess this, Coca-Cola that, all brought to you by somebody. I wondered what they thought of that. I'm sure if they're progressive in their thinking, not progressive from a political point of view, but just progressive, they understand that things change. 
and a lesson that I tell you and tell my kids and tell myself, change is inevitable. You either embrace change or you're going to be left behind. Nobody wants to sit in a boring barn watching basketball. It's an entertainment. It's a show. You do because you're stuck in time. You're Email like, the you're show. like downtown Maslin. Email the show. <laughs> Spielman Hooley Podcast. You have not evolved. At gmail.com. Do you wish Ohio State still played basketball in St. John Arena? Or do you want them in Value City Arena? I think you're the only person on the I face not of be the, the only earth. Person. Uh-uh. I will not be the only person. Shall I throw? I might throw that up as a Twitter poll. Among our... <laughs> 35 followers on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life Twitter page. What can we build the Twitter account to? We have 35 followers. Whenever I get a snarky response from somebody, the first thing I do is look and see how many followers they have. And I always, and I, and I want to tweet, but now since you've challenged me not to be this guy, I want to tweet, it's always the guy with 100 followers. Always. Mm-hmm. We have 35. Well, so... We should have a prize since you were number thirty six. We should have a prize for whoever is our our outstanding. What are we? Thirty six. Are you follower. tweeting anything? No, you're, you're tweeting, not. You're I tweeted, not. I tweeted a, like a thought of the day the other day. I thought I went like full Jim Tressel was my thought All of the right, day. I like that. Did you see what my thought of the day was the other day? I think I did come. I don't recall what it was. God invites you to trade a starring role in the small story of you for a supporting role. In the big story of him. Okay. You like that? Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot to process. I like what I texted you yesterday. Let me, re- <laughs> let me remind myself what that was. You, oh, really? I have to remind myself. Honestly, I don't know. You don't remember what I texted you? I got all that rap music throbbing through my head. <laughs> I, banging around in there. Or, and also, I'm assuming you mean. This might yeah. be something. I Is this something I can't? Oh, no, here we are. James 126. Yes. <laughs> You'll notice, ladies and gentlemen, he texted this to me. <laughs> but I did. He did prep- say, a good reminder for both of us, and then here's the verse. Those who think they're religious but don't control their tongues are deceiving themselves. <laughs> did I tweet something that you prompted you to send that to me? No, I am holding you accountable. Good. I mean, I, I, I can't. I think somebody no. on email is going to too. I saw the subject line, so I can't wait to get to the go to the email woodshed here shortly. No, but I have a buddy. Here's the thing: I can't like um, offer you. Hey, you might want to think about this. Then all of a sudden, just leave you alone. I got it. If there's something that I think that would benefit you or me, mm-hmm. and you know, I when I send things to you. Mm-hmm. I also apply them to myself. I know you do. And hold do. hold myself to that standard. Yeah, That's why I said a good lesson for both of us. Because I got to tell you, after our conversation on Wednesday, I thought back early in my radio career, I was awful. <laughs> Not awful in a, uh, talent-wise, I wasn't very good, but... I was awful in how I talked, how I approached people, what I said about people. I didn't think things through. Neither of us can run for political office in this era oh. because, you know, now they go back and they find jokes that comedians made, you know, 15, well, they had 10 a, years ago. They had a videotape of Joe Biden from 1973. Come on, man. And, 50, uh, 1973, 20, 47 years yeah. ago. It's a little different mentality. <laughs> a little bit. So, you know, you can't hold people because we evolve and change as, as, as human beings. By the way, you didn't get a chance to see it, but I think I watched the uh, town hall from Scranton, Pennsylvania, Joe Biden's hometown, and this is where I think Trump is brilliant, by the way, in the sense that he does these town halls he or did, rallies. Trump did one from Scranton? Yes. Okay. And I think if you go back and watch it or read about it, I think that's the type of uh, presentation that you and many are looking for from President Trump. I'm looking for him to be presidential. Well, I, I just think, yeah, if you, I mean, he was also funny, and yeah, but can, not. Well, he's very funny. But he, he was not uh, insulting. Actually, one of the questions, uh, my wife and I talk about this all the time, and this is, if I get in topics about politics with friends or family, 
Um, the one thing that I say is that, you know, I, I'm what I think is best for the country is the way I look at things. And I don't agree with some of the things that he says. I think that verse would do him well. I pray for his salvation because I think it would be an amazing transformation in him and it would be a great Well, testament. you don't know what's in his heart. I don't, but I pray that, well, I mean, I pray that his manner would change, his outward manner would yeah. change. Yeah. Uh, harps are playing while I'm praying for President Trump. I'm, I'm encouraged by that. <laughs> I should pray for all the presidents, by the way. Yeah, I prayed for Obama. So did I. I did. I really did. I, Why? Would... I, I had something I was going to follow up with oh. there, but I'm trying to be a different person. Okay, so I didn't follow it up. It was one of those okay, things that but, I didn't but say out loud. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's learn right now. Let's take this opportunity to learn how to get your point across or what you wanted to say without being snarky, but still getting the point. I didn't say it. No, but can you say it in a way that's not no insulting? No. Okay, then don't say it. I can't. All right. Um. We were talking about the 1960 team. Uh, we mentioned EJ Liddell and this great, you know, nine and two run for the Buckeyes, and the fact that they're playing at Michigan State on Sunday. A little bit of Buckeye football the other day was down Wednesday for spring ball. I'm hearing two different things on okay. Master Teague's injury. I've heard Achilles and I've heard torn calf muscle. I'm going to ask you to play doctor. Is there is a torn calf muscle any better, if that's what it is, in terms of coming back? Did you ever tear your calf um, muscle? I have no idea. I, I don't want to make a comment yeah, on that. Yeah, I, I just didn't know if you had personal experience. No, I, I, I know that, that uh, I do think any type of tear is a six-week thing f from a muscle standpoint. Now, six from a week. tendon... Is six months. Achilles is six months I said before you start. A, a tendon's different. Yeah. A muscle tear, I think, is usually you, hamstrings. I mean, you can play, but they're lingering. So uh, I, th I was encouraged because I thought Kevin Wilson at the microphone didn't indicate that he kind of was hopeful or optimistic that'd be back for the start of training camp. Sure. Is that is that what you heard from Kevin? Yeah, it wasn't a, oh, yeah, definitely. It was, he said, yeah, you know, hope so. And it was kind of, to me, it was like, we're not going to wallow in self-pity. We're not going to talk about, like, hey, he's done or whatever, because they don't want to discourage Master Teague. They don't want to discourage the team. And, in fact, he may be back. They're just not going to tell yeah. us anything about what his injury is. So we'll have to I wait wish, and see. I wish college football would change in that way. Like I wish it would be like the NFL. And I don't yeah, well, they're not that. going to. I don't uh, understand the big deal of of hiding injuries. You know, I, you said a minute ago, change is inevitable. I would say change is inevitable, but progress isn't inevitable. Mm -hmm. And so this guarding of injuries is not. It's change. What's the purpose? But it's not of progress. Uh, well, they're nervous. Not just from Ohio State's no, standpoint, no, from a college football standpoint. At the risk of biting the hand that feeds, to coin a phrase. Um, <laughs> See, that's not snarky because you didn't say who. I didn't or, identify the no, person. No, that's true because so, people can accuse at, you. At that. any rate, um, they are nervous, I believe, about a player somewhere. This is not Ohio State. This is everybody. Everybody hides. Everybody does not disclose injuries. Everybody has reduced access. And the reason why is because there's some kind of federal law. I can't keep HIPAA. Straight. HIPAA, FERPA, something. HIPAA. Uh, where they're, I think they're nervous about if we say, hey, he's got a high ankle sprain. Oh, okay. they the get kid sued. could sue him. Yeah. And so they're just not going to go there. Okay. I, so I, that's no, why. Then I understand because that. Because we are a litigious society. I, I understand that. Tell the people what litigious means. because Everybody gets sued for everything. Uh, yes. Hot coffee okay. at McDonald's and everything else. You have to sometimes, you know, because you're dealing with a, a pampered athlete, as you used to refer to me as that. <laughs> That you have to kind of, when you get going on your, your wordsmithing, yep. in your ACT... Word of the day. Word of the day or whatever it is. And we had a, actually had a guy on Twitter talk about, hey, tell Bruce to tone it down just a notch. I don't, so I, don't, so I don't have to stop and look at a dictionary. Multi-syllabic <laughs> words. Um, okay, so... Yeah. I know, of course I know what of it meant. Of course you do. Yes. You're a man of letters. Which, by the way... Last night, we had a little moment on the previous podcast about the uh, esteemed academic advisor during your years at Ohio State. Oh, did you see Larry? Mr. Larry Romanoff. I saw Mr. Romanoff last night at Ohio State, and I said, Larry, did you know you made the podcast? 
And he said, what podcast? He probably said, what podcast? <laughs> but at any, The one that Chris Bates did, did do? I did not tell Larry that I referred to him as a fuss budget, but I did say <laughs> Spiels was talking about your vigilance in, you know, monitoring all the football players' academics. And he told me a funny story about you. All right. That they get he, better as I get older. He let's put said it this way. you wanted to major in phys ed because your dad majored in phys ed, and Correct. the problem was all the classes or the classes you needed to take were taught in the afternoon. And by the way, you had football practice in the yeah. afternoon, and that you were not happy about that, and you came stomping and snorting into his office, and that you had to major in something else. One of my passions, like if if as you've and this has never changed in me. It, it was the craziest thing. And the other issue that I had was that there, in order to be a phys ed major at Ohio State, which is school of, I thought the school of uh, education is great at Ohio State. And, and you know, my goal was to be a gym teacher and a coach, just like my dad. That's what I wanted to do. And so my freshman year, I got into the phys ed program, and I loved it. I loved being a part of it, right? But then we had to do a swimming class on Saturday afternoons during the fall. Mm, that's well, a problem. It's a problem. And nobody in a school of physical education would work with me. And I was so angered and frustrated by that. And it, it's, it reeked of hypocrisy. You know, they talk about student-athletes. And, well, football players get all this special treatment. Mm-hmm. I wasn't asking for special treatment. I was asking for the school that I was in yes, to help me become a graduate of that school that yes. I was in. Yes. Under the circumstances that I was in the school, in the university. And why would you discourage somebody from that had a passion for c- coaching and teaching why do you discourage somebody? Because he's only at this place <laughs> because of football. I dare they say now they would accommodate. Now they probably would accommodate. Of course they would have. Yeah. Of course they would. Then they couldn't enlarge. It was very see that he's right. It was very frustrating for me. Very frustrating because I had a passion. He for said that. you were not happy about it. No, no I wasn't. It doesn't sound to me like you still are happy about it. No, Maybe this be- a- because I went. It was a small group, but we had like a group of 20 people that were doing these classes together, mm-hmm. and they became my non-football friends, right? Right. They, they just— And that's important. It, it's very important. I'm a big believer, and I think Coach Trussell was a big believer, and I think Andy Geiger was a big believer mm-hmm. in this, in the total student— co- or student— Student— Experience. Experience. Yeah. Not just the athlete experience, because you can get isolated— and I enjoyed having these relationships with people outside of football. And that had nothing, because we never talked about football. We talked about, you know, mm-hmm. if we were teaching or coaching somewhere. And I had so much in common with these people. And that was taken away from me at a young age. And I, was, I, was, I said, this is not what the student experience is supposed to be about. You know, maybe I can, in the spring or in the winter, maybe I can you know, find a swimming program to be a part of. Yeah. And nobody was nobody was interested in working with me. Nobody. And I couldn't believe it. I really couldn't. Now they would. I'm positive of well, that. Well, I, again, yeah. you know, we all evolve. We sure. all change. And we all become wiser for it. Uh, this hopefully will put you in a better move. Okay. Uh, a better mood, I'm sorry. Uh, Fifteen years ago today, this happened. They need a two to tie, a three to win. It's Sylvester for three. <laughs> Knocking off the number one team in the land. Big shot still, Matt Sylvester with the three. Thad Mata's first year. Couldn't that go to the NCAA fun. tournament. Illinois 31-0 and at the time, I think. Yeah. And the Buckeyes knocked them off. That was fun. They showed a replay of that last night on TV, and they showed um, Matt sitting, enjoying the game. Uh, it was cool. It was, it was, it was fun to see. Matt, uh, Brandon Fuchs-Cheatham, J.J. Sullinger, and... Terrence Styles all there last night. J.J. Sullinger loved that guy as a player, man. Mm-hmm. I thought, now, if we're talking about a football player, yes, sir. that's a tight end. I mean, I, J.J.'s still in town, I believe, isn't he? I yes. think I've seen, I hear things about J.J. Yes. And he was 
fun to watch, and I really respected how he everything he had. That's what I loved watching. That's why I like like watching. I loved watching David Lighty. Remember how one mm-hmm. day I remember I used to talk mm-hmm. about David Lighty. That's why I love watching Luther Muhammad. I don't care if he scores. He's giving you everything he has, and he's such a good athlete, man. He's such a good athlete. This oh, also man. will put you in a good mood, I think. Peyton Manning is apparently uh, weighing a $20 million per year offer from ESPN, ABC, Disney to join Al Michaels if they can pull off a trade, which we'll get to momentarily. Okay. In the Monday Night Football booth, Tony Romo got $180 million guaranteed. Nice. And like an NFL quarterback that he used to be, he apparently might not be the highest paid announcer very long as every quarterback's contract usurps every other quarterback's contract the newer you uh sign it uh fresher you sign it the more money you make uh will this filter down to no. your uh, level with fox no in fact i think what happens is it's it's like a salary cap thing so guys that, <laughs> oh the guys that benefit are the guys at the top would be collinsworth tony yeah. uh peyton and troy and NBC. everybody else Mm, yeah. Gotta pay gotta pay Troy. True. Gotta pay Tony. Well, uh you'll notice that I talked about Peyton Manning a- My ABC brother actually asked me that question the other day. Well, there you go. He's thinking he like said, a hey, GM. Is that gonna help you? He's thinking like a GM. I said, no, it's hurting me. Yeah. Uh but I mentioned Disney ABC and I mentioned NBC. Well, CBS is Romo. I didn't mention Fox, so Fox is not doing this. Troy? We'll get a raise. Troy will get a raise. Yes, and everybody else. Or if he doesn't, somebody else will give him one to pull him away. Well, he's still under contract, but everybody else will not get a raise. So I mentioned Al Michaels. Al is with, of course, NBC, Football Night in America, with Chris Collinsworth. Great team, by the way. Al used to be on Monday Night Football. I'd forgotten this. Yes. Do you know how Al wound up at NBC from ABC, which now wants him back? Traded. Right? Yes, he was traded. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could be traded back. Do you remember what Al Michaels was traded for? No. The rights to Oswald the Rabbit. Oswald the Rabbit was one of the first characters drawn by Walt Disney. (laughs) NBC somehow had the rights to Oswald the Rabbit, and ABC wanted them because they have, you know, Disney. So they traded Al Michaels to NBC for the rights to Oswald the Rabbit. Mm. Now, I don't know what uh, what would NBC want from ESPN? Would they be trading, like, John Anderson? Or I can't even hardly name any ESPN talents anymore. But they're not going to take Joe Tessitore and Booger McFarland for no, Al Michaels. No, but don't forget that. NBC has Mike Tirico, who's Yes, excellent. that's why NBC would do it. I understand why NBC would yeah. do it. They got Tirico, and they're paying him a bunch, and there's not enough for him to do. I get why they would want to re- why they'd be willing to. But what would what would NBC want from ESPN or ABC? Because our man, could our man Herbie be on the move? Herbie to Notre Dame no. football? No, they're not trading Herbie. Herbie's no. untouchable. He is. He's one of the few. I, by the way, the I checked in with Herbie the other day after the doing? Nashville tornadoes. Okay? I just wanted to make sure he was okay. I said, you all right, bud? And he's like, can't believe in the night what that was yeah, like. But it hit a scary. different part of town from Herbie and Allie and mm-hmm. their boys, so we're happy about that. But, no, I, just, I was facetious. I don't think ESPN would – college football is their number one product. They would not trade Herbie. Right. But who could they trade? What do they have to trade? <sighs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I really have no idea. I mean, I think it's something – Maybe Disney has something. Maybe there's a sitcom. I don't know. Yeah, because NBC doesn't have enough product that they would really need sports, For sports people. Yeah. But yeah, also well, ABC's got a ton. Maybe of a stuff. website. Or maybe maybe I, I I have no idea. Yeah. So maybe uh, I, I don't I don't know. Get up. Maybe goes to NBC mornings. NBC sports. Bobby Carpenter could get traded. Yeah, Bobby. Al Michaels. Good for Bobby. More you can do, Bobby. Better chance you got to stand. Good Absolutely. for you. All right, here we go to the email. Hey, wait. Shed. What's the uh, 1977 state meet results? What's that's our friend Scott uh, Scott and my former teammate Scott in Houston. I think what he did. I don't know. We want me, you want me to call this up? Yes, you're I do. You're looking for a way. You're looking for a way <laughs> no. to embarrass me. No, I'm not. No, you, you are looking for a way. Carried to the team to the state championship. All right, here we go. Butch. Uh, here's, uh, Scott. He says, I think I sent you this before. <laughs> Are you even in the... Uh, you'll notice I hadn't opened that email. You can vouch, okay? Oh, right. 
Uh, so if this is like spiffs me, I want you to know I was not looking for any compliments here, but you're looking to take a shot at me. No, so right? Go. No, I'm I'm not looking to take a <laughs> shot. I'm only here to build you up. I compiled. This is my friend Scott in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> The state meet results, if we had run the same times, which are best for the year at Ohio Caverns, which is our home course, uh, all seven of us were the top ten, la, la, la. I told you that before. Uh, approximate times we had to run. So here's what he's – I don't – I thought he'd have places where we would have placed. He does. He's got it listed right there. He's got our times, but he doesn't have our places. You were second fastest. Yes, I was. Why couldn't you beat Butch? Because Butch was amazing. Was that Butch the football player? That was not Butch the football player. No, it was Butch the only. Only player. you would go to high school with two guys. Two named guys Butch. named Butch. Yes, <laughs> that's unbelievable. It's true. You ran sixteen oh six for two and a half miles. Yes. Do you have up and down hills? Have a, uh, three, four big on your hill, back or four big hills? Yeah. Are you running with ankle weights? A baby grand. I could have run sixteen oh six in high school. By the way. If you say so, I don't doubt it. You're a super athlete. Uh, all right. Can I go to the email woodshed yes, now? Yes, right, CEO. Yes. Let's see what's here. I feel like you're intern at times. That's I just want right. you to know that. That's all right. All right. Here's Andy from West Liberty. Uh, Andy's, uh, I, sorry, I don't know Andy, but he's from my hometown. First off, I love your podcast. Been listening since the beginning. Everything about it's better than any other sports talk I listen to. Best parts your real life talk interspersed throughout the show. Your authenticity has inspired me to grow in my faith, be a better husband and a better father to my two daughters. My daughters are 8 and 11. I can relate when you talk about your daughters. Many moments on the show that have challenged me, but the one that really sticks out is Huli needing to be right and being a bit too consumed with politics that gets to the point of distracting him from time with God. That is me to a T. I decided to live up, to give up Twitter and Facebook for Wow. Lent. That was the sacrifice I made because I knew it would be better for my relationship with Jesus. Wow. Good job, Andy. He says, Mr. Spielman, you mentioned that Huli needs a Keurig. I roast <laughs> coffee for Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, located past the hinterlands of Plain City into the wild frontier of Mechanicsburg. <laughs> Andy, you are knocking this email out of the park. <laughs> That's very good, Andy. Uh, when I'm roasting coffee is the time I listen to your show. Since you already do free advertising for Diet Coke... <laughs> This guy doesn't miss a trick. For Diet Coke and Diet Right on the show, what if we actually support your coffee habit and send you K-Cups in return for a shout-out on the air? I haven't run this by my boss, but I'm sure he'd be cool with it. By the yeah. way, email me what it takes to be a sponsor of the show. I'll pass along to my employer. If I owned the company, we'd already be a sponsor. If you have a pulse, you ha can sponsor us. If you have a pulse <laughs> That's what it and a dollar in your pocket. <laughs> HemisphereCoffeeRoasterCompany.com, ladies and gentlemen. HemisphereCoffeeRoaster.com. Yeah, send it. Uh, check, out the, check out our mission. We are more than a coffee roastery. We will do that, Andy. Good job, and Andy. I will be in touch. That's, That's very cool. That's great. I'll, I'll, I'll sit here and drink coffee all morning, man. Love it. Uh, that was a great email. I'm... I open this next one with oh. some degree of trepidation. Word for Tell the, day, the people kids. what that means. Uh, degree of uh, hesitation. Yes. yes. From Lori, I have to say amen. This is to the Twitter issue. This is all I got in the subject line. So I'm thinking, okay, okay. here we go. I'm getting the, she's taking Sorry. the switch to me. I have to say amen to the Twitter issue you discussed on Wednesday, especially concerning politics. I appreciate that you were able to see how it conflicts with your faith message on the podcast. One of the things that has sickened me about the political process is the making fun and belittling. It's one thing to disagree. It's another to ridicule. It's the opposite On both of what sides, we're trying. by the way. Yeah, she says it's the opposite of what we're trying to teach in the schools. Is it? I don't know. Well, my I kids, think maybe my for, two from, oldest are homeschooled, so I can't. I, I think, yeah. I, I mean, I, nobody, I, I think we all should be encouragers instead of discouragers and build people up and not tear them down so agreed i'm assuming that's being taught in the schools i haven't heard anything different uh she says i also appreciate how you and chris hold one another accountable we all have issues like this in our lives it's so encouraging to hear two fellow christians doing what we all need to be doing to lift each other up thank you for the podcast wow. this does not have to be read on the air i just wanted to weigh in well, Lori, the danger of emailing, and maybe I should tell people this. Um, I, in fact, I should tell people this. If you don't want us to read your email on the air, put that in the subject line because we feel like it's important to be authentic that we react in the moment to emails. So we don't screen them. We read them live on the air so you can get our 
true reactions. I, th- I think that's the way we want to do it, right? Do we want to? Yeah. yeah I, so if you don't want us to read it on the mm-hmm. air, and we do, and in this case, you know, we apologize, Lori, if we read it, and I don't think anyone's going to know uh, exactly who you are. Uh, we wouldn't read last names, but uh, yeah, we'll keep doing it. But if you would prefer us not to read it on the air, start with do not read on air, and then we'll still read it, and I'll still respond to it. Oh, that's good. Um, See? Yeah. You're... I think you just... So here's my question. You're, you're so used to getting, like, Bruce, you, you know. But now since you're nice, Bruce... Oh, I don't, know that, I, I don't know that I'm nice. All Let's right. not give me too much credit. That's too true. Soon. Exactly. Uh, how about... Fall. Would it be... There, how's that? Better? Would it be useful since Wednesday to review my Twitter timeline? Yes. And have you give me your thoughts on whether things are over the line or not? Right. For instance, today, I... <laughs> I just found this incredible. Here's what I would, in spirit of Lori's email, here's what I hope for and strive for. Authenticity. Right. Authenticity. I, I know there are many people who disagree with my priority in the voting process is I'm a one-issue voter. I've never hidden the ball on that. I will always vote for a pro-life candidate over, an, over a pro-choice candidate because I it breaks my heart to think about um, babies like uh, my three girls, Chris's family, mm-hmm. people I know who are younger than me who have babies. It breaks my heart to think about those babies not having a chance to love and be loved. It just breaks my heart. So I am p- extremely pro-life, and I will never apologize for that because I believe that's what God's put on my heart. I guess the best way for me to put it is that I could vote for a pro-life Democrat and I couldn't vote for a pro-choice Republican. Correct. 100% correct. I have, in the past presidential elections, have voted for Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton. I, but I, I don't have any choices on the pro-life Democrat side. I, I don't. So I vote for pro-choice candidates. Okay, so I strive for authenticity. So today I retweeted this tweet, uh, which is a clip from MSNBC. And I guess I'll just play it. And uh, and I don't want to get into a deep political discussion, but this is not, to me, this is like, this is why, what I fear in this coverage of the political process is that we hear something and we don't vet it through, is this true or not? So here's Brian Williams and a woman from the New York Times editorial board. And they are talking about Mike Bloomberg's spending in the presidential, uh, in the effort to become president. And listen to the math on this. Uh, and again, this is I just play this just for authenticity. If he wants purposes. to spend a billion bucks beating this guy, he could do it. Absolutely. Um, somebody tweeted recently that um, actually with the money he spent, he could have given every American a million dollars. I've got it. Let's put it up yeah. on the screen. It, when I read it uh, tonight on social media, it kind of all became clear. Bloomberg spent 500 million on ads. U.S. population, 327 million. Uh, don't tell us if you're ahead of us on the math. He could have given each American $1 million and have had lunch money left over. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's an incredible way of putting it. It's true. It's disturbing. It does. It is an incredible way of putting it. It is incredibly inaccurate. Mike Bloomberg spent $700 million on his presidential campaign. Mm-hmm. There are 327 million people in America. That does not mean he could give every American a million dollars or two million dollars. It's absolutely incredible to me that two educated people on a national news program could not put together that 327 million people could not get a million dollars each (laughs) if he has spent 700 million dollars. I think that would be... They could get two dollars each. Yeah. What I could get two dollars. So, this is what I mean by authenticity. Mm-hmm. Let's just be accurate and let's be authentic. So, my tweet was I retweeted the audio and the video. Mm-hmm. This is Brian Williams of MSNBC and a member of the New York Times editorial board, both of whom apparently believe the entire U.S. population is 500. <laughs> hashtag I was told there would be no math. I probably could have lived without the hashtag, but I'm trying to be factual is what I'm trying to be on Twitter. Yeah, that was factual. I'm trying yes. to be factual. Uh, I also and retweeted. And I, I think you can say, I, 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 and without being snark, I think 
how can people that have this type of responsibility to have yeah. a national show and you know you're talking about Brian Williams who was at one time the lead anchor of NBC News NBC News and then uh, somebody on the editorial board of the New York Times and nobody thought to think okay how am I going to answer this question and wasn't there anybody there? Let's take you behind the scenes Wait, but, here. But what somebody's got to be, my point is, like, I have people at a much smaller scale, but at my games, I fax, I double-check facts, I double-check stats, I make sure the numbers are right, because my number one intent is accuracy. That's my number one intent. Now, I may make a mistake here or there, but not to say that, okay, you can give every American a million dollars, and doesn't anybody sit there and say, what are you talking about? Just to go behind the scenes of how TV production works, they they put the tweet that they talked about on the screen. That has to be planned. That has to be loaded into a system. There are editors, and there are pre-show meetings, and there are people sitting around a board, and they go, what are we going to talk about when they have this New York Times editor on the show. We're going to bring up this tweet. And at no point in that process did anybody say, hey, the math doesn't add up on this. This is a ridiculously dumb tweet. And by the way, the original tweet came from somebody with a blue check mark, somebody who has a big following and somebody who's supposedly vetted. So nobody in the entire editorial process of this news show put together that the math does not even begin to add up on this. And I don't mean to insult the intelligence of the American electorate, but this will play on TV, and there will be a lot of people, and I'll, mm. honestly, since both my parents are gone, my parents probably would not have, my parents were in their 80s and 90s, would probably not have grasped the nuance because it went past them what real was, fast. What was the response to that? I don't know. Oh, I, just, so I saw it response? this morning. I saw it this morning, and I'm like, you have to be kidding me. And look, Send me the Fox News clips. I know they make similarly stupid comments. Hannity drives me crazy. Uh, so, you know, it's just let's be authentic in this process. And to back to Lori's email, to bring it back, I don't want this to become a political show, nor do you, I think. But we want it to be accountable, transparent. And I had a conversation on a um, text message with a friend of mine Yesterday, who's a avowed Democrat, an avowed Democrat. I explained my logic to him on why I'll vote the way I vote. He explains his logic to me on why he'll vote the way he'll vote. And we are friends, and we will remain friends. And I hope we can go through this process where we don't right. tear ourselves apart from the inside out. But this kind of stuff sows seeds of discord and disinformation. And let's at least be accurate, and let's at least be authentic. Well, that's, I think, the biggest thing, and... and I'm not sure accuracy is the number one priority. And I just want people to educate themselves. And then you you vote your conscience. And that's the, the beauty of our country is that there's people that have different priorities and that are passionate about different priorities. And you can choose who you want. And you have a say in who you want to lead our country. And I, I would never tell anybody how to vote. I would tell them why I vote why I vote, and yes. if we happen to agree with that, then good. Yes. And my goal is that, you know, everybody in America has the best opportunity for happiness and, and a chance to earn and the chance to fill self-worth and the chance to uh, be successful, and only from, not only from a spiritual point of view, which is not going to happen because everybody's not going to believe in God, but also, uh, you know, from a secular point of view, I want people to be successful. I want people to have opportunities. That's why on Wednesday show, I talked about how there's some forms of affirmative action that I get strongly behind because yep. I know some of the odds that people have to overcome and they deserve uh, an opportunity or they'll never get a shot. They'll never get a chance to break a vicious cycle. Yep. So I'm for equal opportunity, but it does not guarantee equal outcome right uh review of the day before we get to the faith portion uh from cody 
Thank you for the fresh review, Cody. We appreciate Yankee Pride and uh, Boo Snacks and everybody who's reviewed us recently. And five-star reviews are great. This one happens to be one. He says, awesome Ohio sportscast. Great to see Bruce and Chris back together. Great work, gentlemen, and thank you for doing the podcast. Uh, I want to – I wonder if this is uh, the gentleman that I met last night at Ohio State. Uh, Trooper Prophet. I believe I remember the name correctly. I'm walking mm-hmm. into Value City yesterday – uh, shortly before 5 p.m. He actually knew that he was going to meet you before you met him. You've talked to this gentleman? No, his name is Trooper Prophet. Oh, Prophet. Okay. <laughs> I, thought I was in the whole money Prophet. So I'm walking in. I parked my car. I got the George Costanza parking space. Somebody left, like, right, right in front. And I just like, holy cow, I can't believe I got the great parking space. So I back in, and uh, I'm parking next to, like, a bunch of law enforcement vehicles. So I get out and I'm walking in, and this very uh, fit, very tall, very athletic-looking, sharp-looking um, Ohio State trooper uh, says, "Hey, Bruce," and he starts talking to me. Love you and Chris on the radio. Really miss you guys on the radio. And I said, "Well, thank you." And I asked him his name, and I believe his name was Trooper Prophet. And he, uh, we had a nice long conversation. And I said, "Do you know we have a podcast?" "No, I don't." That's why you guys need to tell your friends about our podcast. That really would help us grow. I hit the wrong button. I'm playing the Brian Williams clip again. I, I, I apologize. I hit, the, I hit the wrong button. No worries. Go so, ahead. Uh, Trooper Prophet and I had a nice conversation. I uh, gave him a card with our podcast uh, We have cards? On it. We have cards, yes. I knew you wouldn't I knew you wouldn't give them out. Actually, if I said to you, here's a box of cards, you'd be like, yeah, okay. That's probably pretty smart that you didn't, you didn't give me of that, your truck. to be honest with you. So anyway, uh, he's a very interesting gentleman. He has uh, two lovely children, boy and girl. He's from, I believe he told me he's from Copley High School. Okay, that's up by Akron. Yep, said he listened to me on WKNR in Cleveland. And he has done a strength training internship with the Ohio State football team. Wow, look at him. He's a big dude, man. Don't want to mess with Trooper Trooper Prophet. Prophet. And uh, now is doing fitness at the Ohio State Patrol uh, Academy. I want those state troopers in shape. I have enormous respect for the Ohio State Patrol. I, uh, at one point in my life, after I got out of college, I became acquainted with several members of the patrol and actually wished I had become a state trooper. Really? Yeah. I think they... You would have been a good police officer. I just think they... No. I'd, no, I'd I, I think a, nobody ever would have caught a break from I'd you. I'd have been a real jerk. You were going I would 56 not yes. in a 55. That would have been me. I'd have been <laughs> yes, that guy. because you're right. I'd have been that guy. You know me and Grace. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I would not have been good at that. But Trooper Prophet, I'm sure, is very good at that. Uh, my uh, high school uh, uh, friend, Doug Dodson, I believe, is retired from the patrol. I have many great friends in the patrol, and I just think the, I think so highly of the Ohio State Patrol. So Me too. Trooper Prophet is uh, a new listener to the podcast and um, and wish him well and safety, and we appreciate uh, his service to our country and all law enforcement, fire, and first responders, and military. I think I've been over pulled over just for speeding. Last one was about four years ago, mm-hmm. and I didn't even – I just – Lost. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah. It was not a lot of traffic or whatever. I was just... All right, we got I, five I, minutes so we don't go over our allotted amount on uh, filing the podcast. We went, we went a minute nine the other day, and they told me that we put too much content up. So, All right, go ahead. So you go ahead. No, you go no, ahead. I just... I, I don't argue with him. I said, just, I was wrong. Give me the ticket. Yeah. Let's save everybody what some I do time too. here. No, let's make it quick. I wanted to talk a little bit about despair today. Uh, not because I'm in it, but because I've been in it. Chris has been in it. We've both been delivered from it. And that's, um, I think, the right way to say it. Uh, God brought us through it. Uh, I've mentioned before that when my first wife was unfaithful, uh, there was a period of time in my life, and it was an extended period, about three years, where I wondered, would I ever laugh again? It seems so ridiculous now. Well, that's because I, true. yeah, I felt that way many times. And I'm sure you did, and I will never forget um, the day that you walked into the fan and shared with me um, the latest news on Stephanie. And mm-hmm. I just, my heart just broke for you and throughout those next months for you and your family. But um, it d- despair and depression are real. Uh, I know when you're in the midst of it, it is so hard to see the other side. It is, if you're... Uh, a person who's put your faith in Christ, it is mystifying as to why God won't fix your issue, whether it's 
a sickness in the family, whether it's a betrayal, whether it is something you're praying for, a family member who's wayward, whatever it is. It, I just want to tell you that uh, you just have to keep battling. Just do. Because Satan is such a devious liar. He will tempt you with Very things that liar. you think will provide you comfort, uh, will provide you fulfillment, whether it's um, compromising your integrity, compromising your marriage vows, whatever it is. And the instant you do it, you will realize the emptiness of it, and he will celebrate your fall, and you will feel worse than you did before. I'm so um, compassionate for those of you who are going through it. I, I, I pray for your situations. I just want to encourage you to stay in the battle and um, keep fighting. Because if you have Jesus Christ in your life, I do believe that, uh, as the Bible says, um, he will lift you up in due time. We don't understand his timing. Sometimes I'm wondering, like, come on, man, enough's enough. I have friends going through things, and I think, Lord, enough's enough. Give him a break. Um, but he says he'll never leave you, never forsake you. I have found those promises to be true. Chris has found those promises to be true. I want to encourage you that those promises are true. Keep battling against despair and depression. Thank you, Bruce. And so despair. So what what does not honor God will defile you. That's a good way mm-hmm. to think about things. And also understand this, that constant conviction uh, happens every day. And that's not a bad thing. In fact, that's a good thing. And you can see things. And you can make necessarily adjustments. And if you're in despair, understand this, that you're not walking alone. And it goes back to, if you say, our, you're our Father, and we said this on Wednesday, thy will be done. And sometimes we walk through fires. And guess what? Nobody's not walking through a fire if you're going to live on this earth. So just just keep, and I'm gonna, when I told my kids a very long time ago when we were, when I was in despair, you either run to God's loving arms or you run away from it. One of the two is going to happen. you got to make your choice. I choose to run too, not away. We hope you guys have a great weekend. Email the show, Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Be that uh, distinguished 36th follower of uh, at We Tackle. That'll help us with our... It'll help us with our 37th follower and selling to the coffee man whose email cracked us up today. No, we've got 36 followers, dude. Beat that. Beat that. 36 followers. They're all jealous in the podcast world. <laughs> but, you know, honestly, uh, our audience every week is well over 1,000. And to have the opportunity, if you'd have told me when we began this in August, that we'd get the opportunity to share the gospel with 1,000 people every single time we do it, I'd have said, let's go. So it's a privilege. Thank you for listening. Uh, We pray for your encouragement, your strength. We'll talk to you again on Monday.